0: So, Berto, the Oscars are coming up soon, so I thought we would talk about the movies that are nominated for the Oscars. What do you say, Berto? I haven't seen most of them. Oh, I have seen all of them. Oh, God. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a professor and a therapist. My name is Umberto Castaneda. I review movies that I have not yet seen. So, first off... We're going to try not to spoil any of these movies. Uh, Good. brito can't because <laughs> I can't. he hasn't seen it. But I, uh, there's really no point in spoiling the movies. The, we often will spoil the things we talk yeah. about because we want to get into it. But I'm not going to do that this time. I've seen La La Land. Okay. That yeah. one's nominated, right? Yeah. Well, let's go in alphabetical order okay. for Best Picture Oscars. First one, Arrival. I've there's, seen Arrival. Okay. What would you think? I loved it. Uh, out of 10 stars, what would you give it? Uh, I gave it an 8 I gave it a nine, which is pretty rare for me, uh, which means I really, really liked it. It was actually in my top six movies of 2016, along with Moonlight, Deadpool, Midnight Special, Rogue One, and OJ Made in America, which, you know, is a documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, yeah, nine out of ten, really liked it. What did you like about it, bro? Uh, okay, so the style of
1: sci-fi was really cool because it was uh, – more along the lines of alien, the first alien, in that, like, we get a sense of the alienness, but not, like, the overt, like, cheesy, like, and so we get, like, we kind of see the aliens, you know, and also, it really did feel foreign, like, not right. from here. Right. Like, it was, like, weird, goopy, uh, writing style was totally different. Well, except if you think of, like, Chinese characters and stuff, but, but still, it was very yeah. different. And, um, <clears throat> and also, like, the, their goals were, like, not the usual goals, you right. know? Um, there was also kind of a neat twist to the whole story. The acting was great for, for the most part. Um, and it, even though it was sort of, it wasn't a fast-moving uh, movie, but it, but it also didn't, like... I don't feel like there was really wasted parts of the movie. So, I, I felt like it was a good pace. Yeah.
0: There were no... <clears throat> well, so, you know, some spoilers. There's no lasers in the movie. <laughs> um, I agree with everything you were saying, Brito, and, and along those lines, you know, no lasers. It was focused on a woman character, which, you know, is refreshing. It, who was it, not nominated? Who was not nominated? Who should have been nominated? Yeah, it should it, have it, been. she carried the entire movie. Yeah, um, I, I liked how the movie, in a convincing way, pointed to how humans tend to react in stupid, aggressive ways, but not in like they didn't show it in the quintessential stupid way. Um, you know, like a general pounding his fist. It was, right. It was more subtle than that. Um, to me, it's like the thinking person sci-fi movie. Uh, it's, you know, it's very cerebral. Uh, I was totally on the edge of my seat, even though there was no, you know, fight sequence or anything. Um, and then that ending sequence. So I'm on the edge of my seat the entire time. I'm just like, Oh my God, what's happening? You know? And it, I could just feel the tension. And then we have these like, you know, flashbacks kind of things. And then, and then the ending sequence, Everyth- it's It was like M. Night Shyamalan at the end. Like yeah. when M. Night was great, you know? Yeah, yeah. And everything starts coming around, you know, and it's all... This, the music is swelling, you know. It was very kind of Christopher Nolan-y music, you know. That's right. And, like, they're dipping in and out of time, and everything yeah. is swirling around, and I'm just like, <gasps> yeah. My, I mean, my brain was just being blown, you know, like, and it was like just on the edge of my comprehension, which mm-hmm. is like the, the best sort of movie you can make, is like... You don't want it to be so confusing; you don't get it, but you don't want it to be so obvious that you see it a mile ahead of time. Yeah, you want it to be just on the edge of like your comprehension, where you're like, you're getting it basically, but mm-hmm. it, there's still a bit of mystery there. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Or you don't get it right away; like it takes you a couple seconds to get it. Um, <clears throat> having said all that, I did. There were a couple lines in the movie that were really cheesy that I won't spoil, but there's a couple lines toward the end, in particular, mm. where it was like, "Oh my god." I think I know one of them, but I didn't have as big of a problem with that. I was like, what a bad line. Like, <laughs> who wrote that? You know, I think people in the theater even kind of laughed, even though it was like <laughs> this super intense amount. Um, IMDb gave it 8.1, which is based on, you know, users. Well, it was one of your lines about birds and bees?
1: Uh, I don't remember. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm saying that metaf- like, ro- symbolically. Rotten <laughs>
0: Tomato, yes, I think so. Okay. In fact, I've, I think I've blocked the actual line, but I think it did have to okay. do that. Um, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 94%. Yeah. It was budgeted at $47 million, cost $47 million, and box office about uh, four times that. Wow. Directed by De- Dennis Vill- Vill- Villeneuve? Villeneuve, or I don't know how to pronounce Villeneuve. it, but he's French-Canadian. Movie. Okay, He's made Prisoners, which is a one of my favorite movies. Which I movies. finally watched after yeah. we talked about it several times. Did you love it? Oh yeah, it was yeah. really good. He made Enemy. You haven't seen Enemy yet.
1: I have not seen Enemy.
0: That yet. is a, a very strange movie. And um, I still haven't seen Sicario, although now I own it so I can watch it. Yeah, Sicario is just amazing. And Arrival. And this year... He is uh, releasing his next movie. Do you know what it is? I mean, you've seen previews. Is it Sicario two? No, it's Blade Runner. Oh yeah, right. I forgot about that. (laughs) And he's working on another project, uh, Dune. He's gonna do Dune? Yeah. What? Direct Dune? No way. That's gonna be amazing. Uh, Is it though? Yeah. This guy Uh, can't go wrong, man. Prisoners, enemy Sicario, rival Blade Runner. I mean. Well, he hasn't done Blade Runner yet. We'll see. It looks good from the previews. Okay, all right. Uh, Produced by Sean Levy, who also did Night in the Museum, Date Night, Real Steel, The Watch, Spectacular Now, which is a great movie. The Internship, which is, you know, it's okay. Uh, This Is Where I Leave You, which is a great sort of comedy family movie arrival. And he is producing a a reboot of Starman. Do you remember Starman? Starman, yes. Wait, is that a TV reboot? Uh huh. No, it's a it's a movie. movie. Starman, you know, was a movie with Jeff Bridges. But they made a, a a TV show too. Remember? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Gross. They totally did. It was
1: uh, it was the same plot but different actor. <laughs> uh,
0: is it was it like and hijinks ensue? Basically, yeah. yeah. Uh, screenplay by Eric Heiserer, who also wrote a reboot of A Nightmare on Elm Street who also wrote Final Destination 5, <laughs> who also wrote a reboot of The Thing. So wow. th- this screenplay writer was writing some pretty shit movies. Well, no, The, the Thing wasn't bad. The reboot right? of The Thing? I think that was good, right? Uh, I didn't watch it because I love the original so well, okay, much. Okay,
1: fair enough. I didn't watch it either, but I, I heard it was okay. okay. I heard it was good, actually. Yeah,
0: Who would you hear that from? A respect? People... That, I don't know. Maybe I'm confused. Stars Amy Adams. Uh, the first movie I remember her in was Junebug. She's also Talladega Nights, Tenacious D, and The Pick of Destiny. Yep. I think she's just a minor character in that. Enchanted. I remember her from that. Yep. Charlie Wilson's War. Sunshine Cleaning. She's star of that. Doubt. She's one of the one of the sisters in that. Uh, Night at the Museum. Uh, the Fighter. She's the bartender. Oh yeah. The, the Muppet Movie. Muppets. Yep. The Master. You remember The Master? Yes. I forgot she was in that. Man of Steel. She plays Lois yeah, Lane. She's yeah. the new Lois Lane, right, in the new movie. Martha's yeah. his mom. Uh, her. She, I don't remember her and her. Isn't she the friend? Maybe. Yeah. Is is it her and um, Chris Pratt, maybe? Uh, American Hustle. Big movie. She you know, had a big part in that. Batman v. Superman. Arrival. Nocturnal Animals, which is another... A uh, great movie from last year. And she'll, she'll be Lois Lane in, next, in all the next movies. Jeremy Renner was co- co-star in Arrival. The first movie he was in that I didn't see, he plays Jeffrey Dahmer in a movie about Jeffrey Dahmer. I saw that, actually. I saw that on, on video. <laughs> he was in SWAT, North Country. He was a bad person in North Country. He was in The Assassination of Jesse James, which you have not seen yet. I have yet, seen that. He's in twenty-eight weeks later, and then The Hurt Locker. That's the first movie I really remember. I from. saw him in that too. Yeah. The Town, which he's amazing in. Yep. Mission Impossible. Yep. The, the Avengers, Born Legacy, Hansel and Gretel, which I never saw because it got terrible. Yeah, the I didn't. Reviews. See it, American yeah. Hustle, Age of Ultron, Mission Impossible, Captain America, and then. Arrival. Wait, he's been in two Mission Impossibles. Uh, yeah, apparently.
1: <gasps> oh, Ghost was
0: Protocol he? and Rogue
1: Nation. Wait a minute, but wasn't he also in a? Born?
0: Yeah, Born Legacy. Oh, okay. That's why I'm confused. Okay. Yeah. Forrest Whitaker is also in Arrival. He, The first movie he was in that you can remember is, do you know? This
1: is the day on the crying game. No.
0: Fast Times rage high. Crying game. He was in Fast Times? Yeah, he was like a badass football player. Oh, uh, I don't remember that because I. the first time I remember him is in the, cry, the crying game. Uh, he also played a guy named Balldozer in Vision Quest. He was in The Color of Money, Platoon, Stakeout, Good Morning Vietnam, Bird, in which he plays Charlie Parker, Bloodsport with uh, Van Damme, and then The Crying Game. Wait a minute. So he went unnoticed by me in all those other movies? Yeah.
1: Until The Crying Game? Yeah. Because like in Bloodsport, one of my favorite movies,
0: what was he? I don't know. And in uh, uh, Color of Money? Yeah. I think he's a minor part. Oh my God. Uh, Smoke, Ghost Dog, uh, which is a great movie. Battlefield Earth, which I never saw. I saw that, <laughs> just pa- as, as a lark. <laughs> Panic Room, Phone Booth. Do you remember Phone yep. Booth? <laughs> the Last King of Scotland. He plays Edie Amin. He oh, got, really? He got a lot of awards for that. Uh, Where the Wild Things Are. He's one of the voices. Fruitvale Station. He's uh, actually a producer of that. Lee Daniels the Butler. Mm. Can you explain to me why this is not just called The Butler? Why is it called Lee Daniels? The I don't butler?
1: know. I don't know who Lee Daniels is or who The Butler is.
0: <laughs> Out of the Furnace, which is an amazing movie. Taken 3. <laughs> which is a movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's in Dope, which was last year. Uh, he's the narrator. Uh, Arrival. <laughs> Rogue One. He's apparently filming a Labyrinth reboot. Really? And oh. a Black Panther movie. <laughs>
1: Now, Rogue One, he would have been uh, a lot more in that movie if the
0: original cut might have made it. Huh? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of interesting uh, uh, speculation about the original cut based on the right. original previews. All right, next movie, Fences. I saw this last night. Have you seen it? Denzel Washington. Nope. No, I know what you're talking about.
1: It's the base. His kid wants to do baseball, or is a baseball player.
0: Or- yeah, that's it, it. Is it's so much more than that. That's what I thought the movie was going to be. It's like, oh, it's about a father and a son who fight all the time. The movie is so much more than that. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's. Uh, I gave it 8 out of 10, which is, again, pretty rare for me. Typically, when I like a movie, I'll give it a 7. I'll just be like, yeah. that was a good movie. 7. Totally. totally so you I'll, really liked it. I'll, I'll maybe rewatch it, yeah. But Fences, I'd almost give it a 9, given the, wow. given the limitations that Denzel Washington... Because it's a play, you know? Damn it. So, you know, I almost... Watched a movie last night and I was looking
1: at what was. So, part of the problem, part of the reason I haven't seen any of the Oscar movies, I haven't had a lot of time. And when I was going to go see, I looked at the movies I were playing. I was like, Arrival, I've seen that. Uh, And then I was like, Fences. And I I didn't even remember that was nominated.
0: Yeah. I could have watched it. It's like an American Shakespeare movie, but without the drama. It's like wall to wall talking. It looked like a. Uh, death of a salesman, sort of. Right, it's like it's it's in that vein, but it's it's an American classic. I mean, this movie, it's like our modern day Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf? Wow, you know, you've seen that, yeah, yeah. you like
1: that movie with um, Elizabeth okay. Taylor, Taylor and um,
0: uh, Sir Richard um, Richard, uh, God damn Richard, <laughs> Richard, uh, and and the acting involved in that movie, Burton. Burton yeah. and the wall to wall talking and how it there's no action. Right. It's it's this is the same. There's no action, very little action. There's like a tiny, tiny bit of action, but it's mainly people talking, but it's not boring. And it's two and a half hours long. And it's just I was the only one in the theater, by the way. And um which is kind of freaky when you kind of think about it, you know. It's like late that at is night, freaky, like yeah. midnight. But anyway, I I was totally in this movie. Denzel Washington is uh, amazing! It's probably one of the best acting jobs that of he's the past. Done? Uh, well, he's amazing in a lot of things, but okay. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's his best performance of of all. It might be one of the best performances of our age. I mean, really? Yeah. It. Okay. So he plays the main. The basically the movie is all about his character. Okay. It's a play by and the way. And it's in like the it's Pittsburgh fifties. It's in, 50s. It's 50s. in the fifties, and the whole movie is about his character. And the amount of character development that goes on in this play movie, if, if the action movies could have 0.1% of the character development in this movie, <laughs> they would be awesome movies, you know okay. what I, mean? I mean? so basically, his character is you love him and you hate him. But really, those words don't even really enca- – it's almost like after, at the end of the movie – I felt like Denzel Washington's character was a member of my family. Do you know what I mean? Like sure. I knew him so well right. and had such a complicated relationship with this guy that it felt like family, you know, cause right. like, well, honestly you and me, hmm. you know, we talked about this before about, you know, in the beginning of our relationship, it was all fun and games and we had, you know, we never had a fight and, right. and, and we could protect each other from our sharp edges and just have good times. But the more we got involved, the more we started experiencing each other's sharp ed- edges, and the more we start experiencing conflict and like almost you know to the point of never talking to each other again. But then you come back together, and so you know you have a full, well-rounded vibe ex- lived experience of each other, you right. Right and me. And you felt like this experience with Denzel Washi, because yeah. in some ways I loved him, and in some ways I hated him, yeah. but I also. Understood where he came from, I you know see. what I mean. I understand, like when he was being a jerk, I understood, you know, where it was coming from. There was a justification, but at the same time, it was like you could see how other people would react badly to that. You know? So this is your way to tell me you're cheating on me with Denzel. <laughs> um, yeah. So I I thought it it was it was really good. Uh, Seven point five IMDb. IMDb. 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, budgeted at $24 million, which is sort of surprising to me that it would cost that much money to make such a really a seemingly low budget. Is it just because of his
1: paycheck, maybe? Uh,
0: Are there yeah. other big stars? Um, well, um, uh, Viola Davis. Um, but, yeah, but really, there's only like five or six actors in this entire movie and they 95% of the time, 98% of the time they're, they're just in this house. Mm. They're in the backyard, almost the entire, cause you movie. said it's a play. So they, right. So, okay. so I get the feeling like the, the, the Broadway play, it was in the, all took place in the backyard of this house and mm. the fences, it refers to building a fence in the back backyard. But yeah, it you know, it's amazing. Um, the okay, so getting into budgeted twenty four million, box office about fifty million. Directed by Denzel Washington, by the way. Oh, it was directed by him. Yeah, Denzel, born in oh. Mount Vernon, New York. His father was a ordained Pentecostal minister. His mother was a beauty parlor owner. Beauty parlor owner. This is his third directorship. The movies that I remember. What's the first movie you remember him from?
1: Um, that I remember seeing Denzel in.
0: Eighty nine. Oh man, I don't know if I. It was his breakout role, man. Glory. I didn't. I never saw Glory. What? I know that was one of the best movies of that time. I mean, today it have Matthew Broderick? Yeah, yeah. But it has Denzel. I mean, and he, it's a Civil War movie. Yeah, it's about a black regiment. I, I might
1: have eventually watched it, but I have a feeling like I've never watched all of it. And it's a true story
0: too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's pretty amazing. Mobetta blues. Oh no, I'm sorry. I finally did watch Glory. The one I've never watched still is Platoon. You've never seen
1: Platoon. Should I not be confessing these things on air? What's wrong with you? Well, I remember. Listen, in all the eighties, all the way until ninety, the only access I had to movies
0: were either a very big movie release. There's this thing called the Netflix now and the internet (laughs) right now. I I don't know. It's been around for a while.
1: Too busy, man.
0: Too busy, man. (laughs) Um, Mo better blue, Spike Lee, Mississippi Masala, Malcolm X. Which is amazing. Much ado about nothing, uh, the Pelican Brief, Philadelphia, Crimson Tide, Virtuosity. These are just the movies that I know that. Yeah. Did. Devil in a Blue Blue Dress. He got Game, another Spike Lee movie, The Bone Collector. Remember the Titans. So I just rewatched He Got Game, by the way.
1: Yeah. Um. I you like it. I I remembered it a lot more fondly than it's not a very well cut movie actually. Yeah like it's sort of sloppy in fact um he does an amazing job yeah
0: um yeah i don't think i rewatched uh the 25th hour or whatever the yeah. one with edward norton the spike lee movie yeah and i feel like spike lee does, all his movies don't really hold up over time cuz i remember really liking it at first right and i think at the time it was so innovative and so fantastic and just so original yeah. that uh, for the time it was amazing work. Yeah. But I think he – there, there's there's some rough edges to his create yeah. creations, you know?
1: Whereas, like, for me, Training Day is one of my
0: favorites. I hate Training Day. You hate Training Day? Oh, I, oh man. I, I like the first half. I, I'm tolerant of the first half. Uh-huh. But the last, like – The final scene.
1: Oh, I love this. It's so
0: cheesy. It's so unrealistic. It's so melodramatic. And it's just like, it's, yeah. And and just the whole premise of, like, he's this tough guy cop and he's just like a super asshole and, you know, he plays by his own rules. Yeah, we don't see that at all, do we? It's (laughs) just, it's it's so cliche. You know what I mean? But it's
1: real. Uh, I mean, it's it's,
0: it's okay. It's exaggerated. I'll give you that. But. Oh, my God. I, love I know it. everyone loves this movie. Uh, Antoine Foucault <laughs> uh, Fu- Fu- or Fuqua. whatever made this movie. Um, you know, I- I'm in, definitely in the minority here. But it, it, I tried <laughs> to like this movie and I was like, come on. It's,
1: did, Ant, did that same guy, is he the one
0: that did Falling Down? I don't know. Because to me, it always felt similar. And uh, uh, other Denzel, Antoine Fisher, Man on Fire, Manchurian Candidate, Inside Man. I think that Spike Lee movie is the most is the cleanest movie. Is it, Inside
1: Man the smoking one?
0: No, that's the one where he is a bank robber. I think it's Clive oh, Clive okay. Owen. I, no, think. I don't think I saw that. pretty sure. American Gangster, Ridley Scott, amazing movie. American Gangster, right? Uh, the Taking of Pelham One Two Three, which I didn't like. That's a remake of the movie. The Book of Eli, which I sort of liked. and wow, sort of, I'm realizing I haven't seen a lot of Denzel movies. <laughs> uh, Unstoppable, which um, I liked and didn't like. Safe House, which was silly. Flight, which was amazing. Uh, Flight, the one where it's like he plays an alcoholic. Uh, oh, okay. So that was a good movie? Amazing. Okay. The Equalizer 2014 one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Is that a remake of the TV show? I don't know, but he's basically like he's a he's a he's a killer or I don't know. It's it's he's I think he's like a janitor who used to be a killer who like gets in a situation where he has to kill people again. It's so dumb. It's like the <laughs> dumbest of all time. Uh, the Magnificent 7 which was last year. The How uh, was that? That was another Fu- Fu- I heard Fuqua. mixed um I thought it was okay. Um, okay. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the original Japanese uh, Seven Samurai, mm-hmm. and so I went into it going like, "Are they going to really ruin my life with this movie?" But there was a Western Magnificent Seven too, right? There was called Based Magnificent on, Seven, yeah. which was okay. But um, yeah, this remake, it was. I, I thought it was fun. You know, it was entertaining, but it was also like a lot of unrealistic shooting. You know, it's mm-hmm. like. The, the good guys would they would just go bang 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 and every time they you know every bang a bad guy would drop. I see. Bang. No reloading. Bang bang <laughs> dead guy dead guy dead guy dead guy dead guy dead guy, <laughs> dead guy dead guy. And it's like are they hitting everyone in the head or the heart? Because like if you actually I mean just just YouTube or you know live leak uh shootings yeah. almost ninety five percent of the time you shoot someone you don't get a shot to drop them. You know what yeah. I mean? The shot will go in their leg or their stomach or the, even uh, their lung. when I
1: play Call of Duty, I get a lot of
0: headshots. <laughs> right. Uh, and then also Fences, of course. Okay. Produced by uh, Todd Black and Scott Rudin. Scott Rudin. I looked up his, this producer's list of movies. Listen to this list. Uh, Flatliners. Oh. Regarding Henry. The Adams Family. The Firm. Woo. Searching for Bob- Bobby Fischer. Jeez. Clueless. In and Out, The Truman Show, South Park, Bigger, Longer, wow. and Sleepy Hollow, Rules of Engagement, Shaft, Zoolander, <laughs> The Royal Tannenbaums, wow. School of Rock, The Stepford Wives. These are just the movies that I know. That's the crazy. <clears throat> the Manchurian Candidate, The Village, I Heart Huckabees, Team America. He's a producer? Always? Yeah. Closer, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, No Country for Old Men, wow. The Darjeeling Limited, There Will Be Blood, The Other Boleyn Girl. Doubt, Revolutionary Road, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Greenberg, The Way Back, The Social Network, True Grit, Moneyball, The Girl with the D- Dragon Tattoo, Extremely Loud and Incredibly <laughs> Close, Moonrise Kingdom, Captain Phillips, Inside Lewin Davis, The Grand Budapest Hotel, Hotel, Top Five with Chris Rock, X Ex- X Machina, Aloha, Steve Jobs, The Movie, Zoolander Jeez. Two, and Fences. That's this, crazy. Can you imagine producing? And those that's just the the movies I recognize. So that's pretty amazing. That's uh, incredible. The screenplay was by August Wilson, who um, is the writer of the original play. And a lot of people have been trying to make this movie over the years, but he refused to let a non-black person direct it. Mm. <laughs> and so uh, Denzel uh, was actually in a stage production of this seven years ago. <coughs> oh, really? Him and Viodeis actually got Tony Awards for this. And so, um, you know, at some point, Denzel wow. decided to... Denzel took a big risk risk <coughs> with this movie, actually, because it's a play that takes place basically in, in the backyard of this house. Yeah. And it's all talking and there's no action. <laughs> and the lead character is, is a jerk some yeah. of the time, and or maybe even most of the time. And he's going to act and direct in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, you know, if you just said that pitch to someone they'd be like, that's not going to work. We're not going to do that. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> a disaster. No one wants to see a play on TV. And Denzel, we want a likable character. We don't want a jerk. Um and, you know, and you're just going to do the play on the screen, you know, like <laughs> So, he took a huge risk and man, just nailed it. Um Viola Davis is his co-star. Uh, she's she's you know really good in it, but Denzel is, is steals the show and Viola Davis has this one scene where she's getting really emotional and really you know earning her paycheck on that and I couldn't watch it it was amazing acting, but I couldn't watch it because she was crying in real life, and she had a bunch of snot coming out of her nose <laughs> And she had a kitchen towel in her hand. She and, could have used it. And too. all I kept thinking was, "Wipe your nose, <laughs> you know." But I, I had to put my hand up because do you do you get grossed out by that kind of stuff? <laughs> I don't know. I mean.
1: Maybe, but not quite as much, maybe. Man,
0: but just just think of just like a lot of a snot, snot, like all over her upper lip and kind of like smeared uh, to the right, just like shiny with like... See, like, I guess from my perspective, I certainly would have to be like, hold on,
1: because I need to blow my nose, but we're not done with this argument. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, so it was ruined <laughs> by that. And, I, and and actually, when movies do that, it, I, I just think, oh, just wipe your nose. And what I think is what's happening is the director is like, we're getting gold here. And she has a lot of snot on her nose, which even kind of makes it even more real. If I was right next to the director, I would say, hey, uh, just have her wipe her nose. Um, <laughs> Viola Davis, she was in Traffic. Antoine Fisher, Solaris, which I don't remember her being in. Oh, Syriana, World Trade Center, the one with Nicolas Cage. Doubt, uh, Medea Goes to Jail, which I've never seen any of those movies. Night and Day, Eat, Pray, Love, The Help. That was the, her, I think, outbreak. Her big role. Out, outbreak, outbreak? Breakout. Breakout. (laughs) (laughs) That's her big outbreak. (laughs) Um, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, Ender's Game, Prisoners, Black Hat, which I never saw, Suicide Squad, (laughs) and Fences. Okay. Wait, was she the gal that recruits everyone in Suicide Squad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, All right, well, let's talk about the other movies, but let's take a break first. What do you say? Yep. All right, we're back. If you haven't become a patron yet, please do so by going to patreon.com come on, people, we need another, I don't know, a couple hundred more patrons to get us to the next goal where we can start donating to PetFinder.com. You can do it. Part of your pledge will go toward PetFinder.com, which is their mission is to save pets from being euthanized and to find loving homes for them. I have found my cats through PetFinder.com, and they would have been euthanized if I hadn't gone through PetFinder.com. So... Come on, people. If you haven't become a patron yet, go to Patreon.com. Help some pets. Help some pets. Or just go to PetFinder.com and donate. (laughs) Whichever whichever you want. Or both. Do both. All right. Uh, Okay. We talked about Fences and Arrival. Let's talk about Hacksaw Ridge. Have you seen that one? That's the war movie. No, I have not. Uh,
1: I, I didn't really want to watch it because I saw the preview and I was like, I don't get it. Like He doesn't want to go to war. Then he's like a medic or something, and then he's like saving people. It looked like almost like Forrest Gump or something, but
0: yeah, it's you—you you pretty much nailed it. That—that's and, <laughs> and the whole movie. It's—it's it's a true story, okay. apparently. Um, I gave it a six out of ten, which means that it's watchable. You know, it's okay. not terrible, but it's not great. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's watchable, you know, if you don't have other things to watch like these other movies, then I'd uh-huh. watch it. It's, you know, it's, but it's based on a real story. It's based on a real story, which I like. I like historical dramas. So, um, you know, I always like to see what it would have looked like, um, what it would have been like. And, you know, I think they depicted it. Like know, he didn't want to shoot a weapon or something. Yeah. I was against his religion to, he was a conscientious objector, but what people would do back then if you were a conscientious objector is you wouldn't you would like not be in the military at all. Right. But he also wanted to serve. Yeah. He like volunteered or something. He he wanted to serve, but he just didn't want to I be see. he didn't he he refused to actually shoot a weapon. And so in so the first half of the movie is he's in, you know, training and he's just getting, you know, yelled at constant <laughs> and, and haze and everything. But then once they are in uh France fighting, yeah. um he is a medic by that point, And he saves a bunch of people's lives right. by sacrificing his, uh, safety. You
1: know? That's sort of why I wasn't interested in seeing it. Not because it doesn't sound like a noble story, but because the preview sort of like spelled it out for me.
0: Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's kind of boring at port and it's, it's highly, highly predictable. Uh-huh. I mean, y- what you think the movie is, is what, is what it is. is yeah. and, if you were if you gave like a fifteen year old that broad stroke it said write this script they would basically write this script so he's actually a predator <laughs> yeah. and and Arnold shows up <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's it's pretty cheesy at times I mean even though it's probably what happened um I'm just saying that the reality was pretty cheesy I see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but and, and I am so surprised this was nominated especially because Mel Gibson directed this. But, oh, even if he d- Mel Gibson. but even if he didn't direct it, I do not understand why this movie is dominated. Okay. I think it's like, they got to throw a bone to middle America or something, you know, because all these other movies are like pretty, I see, pretty heady, you and know, this one's or war-based. not heady, but pretty But you would, think, you would think there would be lots of shooting then. <laughs> uh, it, I guess there is lots. of. Shooting. Oh yeah. The, the second half of the movie, there's a shit ton of shooting and explosions yeah. and like limbs falling off. And like, you know, there's a lot of that, but it's not best picture material and it's no saving private Ryan. Right. You know what I mean? It is like a far cry from that. I mean, it's, there were some times when it felt like an after school special, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> the sort of thing you would see, like, you know, yeah. that it, it didn't feel like a big movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it felt like, uh, felt like a TV movie. Right, you know what or what or mean? right. Anyway, 8.3 IMDb, 86% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is the lowest Rotten Tomatoes for the best picture. Budgeted forty million, which is fr- it's so weird because that's like just a little bit more than Fences. It's, and yeah. this, this movie just has a ton of people, and maybe that's why it felt like a after school special sometimes. Box office uh, one hundred sixty million. Directed by Mel Gibson. What's the first Mel Gibson movie, Berto? Well, we that we that we know about the
1: first one I remember was Mad
0: Max. Yeah, Mad Max nineteen seventy nine, and then you got Mad Max two eighty one. Gallipoli. Do you remember Gallipoli? No, it's a pretty good movie then Mad Max there's other movies in there but Mad Max Thunderdome then Lethal Weapon Tequila Sunrise I love Lethal Weapon yeah uh, I remember liking Tequila Sunrise when I was a kid yeah
1: I saw it too I, I liked it
0: Lethal Weapon 2 Bird on a Wire Air America Hamlet do you remember him making a Hamlet yes He, I think he plays Hamlet uh, Lethal Weapon 3 Maverick <laughs> which was the oh yeah yeah the, the remake of the yeah, old yeah yeah western Garner show. Braveheart, which he also directed.
1: I liked Maverick. I, I think I liked Maverick. Yeah. Did you yeah. like
0: Braveheart? Oh yeah. yeah. Braveheart I loved. Yeah. I mean that's a classic. I I need to rewatch that to see if I would like it ag- again, but I I remember man, we loved yeah, that no, movie. Yeah, no, it was really good. Um it won Academy Award for best director, best picture. So that's when this is when when Braveheart comes out, that's when Mel Gibson really like Rises, became yeah. like, "Oh my god, he's not just this crazy lethal weapon guy. He's right. he's like a smart guy who can" Direct, uh, but
1: ghost. they'll never take our freedom! <laughs> uh,
0: Lethal Weapon 4, uh, which I can't imagine how bad that was. Isn't that with Jet Li? I don't know. Uh, the Patriot. Have you seen this movie? I think so. It is one of the dumbest movies of all time. It reminds me the... It's uh, about... Uh, I think it's the build-up to the Revolutionary War, and he plays oh, an no, early I ha- I have not revolutionary. I no. uh, Heath Ledger is in it. I'm no, pretty sure. I have not seen that. It is the cheesiest... I think what happened was... Mel Gibson made Braveheart, and you know maybe someone was helping him make it so it wasn't cheesy. And then the Patriot, it's just like it's so cheesy. And then he makes what women want in the same year. Oh my god, that was so terrible, (laughs) so terrible. Then a couple, it was
1: really cringy. Like yeah,
0: yeah. I mean. It was bad 17 years ago. I can't imagine how bad it is now in terms of the, the sexist. And it was written by a guy, obviously. Totally. Because there's like a 10-minute
1: scene where Heather Hen, Helen Hunt is trying not to stare at his crotch. Do you remember that? It's like, oh, I shouldn't look at the crotch. Oh, my gosh, but I'm looking at it. Oh, I can't believe I'm looking at it. It's like a 10-minute – I'm like, come on. <laughs> Who wrote this?
0: God. <laughs> uh, a couple years later, he makes We Were Soldiers, which is – um, I guess maybe his first modern uh, war movie. It's, it's, I think it's, it's a true story where a bunch of Americans died or something. But, okay. Um, and I remember kind of liking this movie, but also feeling like, again, Snow Saving Private Ryan. I mean, when Saving Private Ryan came in the late uh, late 90s, I feel like everything became compared <laughs> yeah, to it that. It set a standard. Yeah. Uh, he was in Signs. Even for video games, remember? Like, it's yeah. like... Okay. Call of Duty. It was like, geez, yeah. yeah. Uh, 2004, Passion of the Christ, which is his second uh, major movie that he directed and very controversial. Yep. A couple years later, Apocalypto, w- which he also directed. I liked it. Yeah. I got to rewatch that because I remember- It was intense. I remember f- not really realizing what I was watching when I was watching yeah. it. I remember watching it just being like, what am I watching? You know? Yeah. Uh, the Beaver. Have you seen The Beaver? No. Okay. I like this movie. Is it? It Is has a funny um, movie? God. What's her name in it? Um, anyway, uh, he he goes through some kind of traumatic thing, like his wife dies or so, something. Something bad happens, uh-huh. and he he. There's this beaver, this puppet uh-huh. that he develops a relationship with. What? So it's sort of like a like a dark comedy. Okay. And Mel Gibson plays this very mentally you know, like um, harmed person. Okay, And it's, it's like I said, it's sort of a comedy. It's sort of like, it's sort of like a warm feel good movie, but, but he's interacting with this, with this like imaginary friend. That's this old beat up beaver puppet or something. <laughs> and it's actually, it's, I, 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 I mean, it was the first movie he was in, in ever where it was like, not, flattering to play the was character? this after he had his breakdown or whatever his, I uh, think so it, it, I think he had a big beard in the movie okay uh, he was in Machete Kills <laughs> uh, Expendables 3 and then oh he, yeah he was the best
1: part of Expendables 3 yeah. he really was like he he put everyone else to shame I mean of course the movie is, is is really silly right but in a movie with like all these famous stars whenever he was on the screen you were, you were reminded of what acting is because uh-huh. everyone else is just doing their lines and stuff like that, right? He comes on the scene like, "Whoa,
0: what, you have, you actually have a real actor in this movie." <laughs> uh, stars Andrew Garfield, who I believe is nominated, or um, the, the Spider Man. Yeah. Oh, uh, the first movie I remember Andrew Garfield in. I think he's English. Uh, Never Let Me Go, which was based on the book, hmm. which is a great book. Um, it's one of the few books, few fiction books, I've actually read. Uh, Andrew Garfield was in The Social Network, and then Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, Hacksaw Ridge, and he was in Silence, the Scorsese movie. Have have you seen Silence? No. I liked Silence, but also disliked it. Is it about gangs? No, it's about Japan in like the
1: 50s. Oh, I know what it is. I've seen the previews. They're Jesuits or whatever? Yeah, I think they're Portuguese... It reminded me of like the Mission, the movie The Mission, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, and the the preview didn't do it justice because like maybe I'm so biased against having seen him in Spider Man and all these other things, but they didn't look right
0: to me. I was like, "Ah, he he sells it. He he does a great job. The fact that he was nominated, I'm pretty sure he's been he's been nominated for Hacksaw Ridge. The fact he wasn't nominated for Silence. But was nominated for Hacksaw Ridge is bizarre to me. Oh, okay. Because uh, I feel like anyone could have done Hacksaw Ridge, but the, what he does in silence, because it's basically the whole movie is about him. Like the whole. Oh, he's the main guy. All three hours of that movie okay. centers completely on him. And he has to sell like some pretty kind of odd scenes. I see. Uh, but anyway, Hella Highwater. Uh, have you seen this one? Hell of no. High Highwater. No, Yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, kind of a surprise that it was even nominated because it wasn't a big smash hit, and it came out like nine months ago. Uh, I loved this movie when it came out. Eight out of ten. Uh, What's the general? It's it's here? it's a modern day. It's in West Texas, and these two brothers are robbing banks. Okay, and uh, and then these two oh. cops are trying to are trying to catch them. Is does it
1: have one of the? It's like Thor, or one of those brothers. Chris Pine. Pine. No, 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 no. it's not the Okay, the Star Trek guy. Yeah, Chris Pine. Okay,
0: Jeff Bridges. Um, It's a little cheesy at times. Like there's scenes where they're leaning up against a fence post, looking out over the fields of grain, and the sun is setting. You know, there's like these, Uh there's like kind of these cheesy moments. But for the most part, it's not cheesy at all. The story is pretty interesting. I love how it's a very small scale story. Okay, it doesn't ever try to get too big. The acting is great. The writing is great. The uh, I, I'm surprised it's nominated though. But of all the best picture nominations, I would say that this is probably the most watchable movie. Hmm. You know, because it's a simple story. It's suspenseful. It's entertaining, and it's like it's basically two buddy movies in one you I got see. you got like the two bank robber guys and then the two cops, so cops okay. and, and they interact a lot you know what I mean I see. and there's scenes where it's just hilarious like the two cops uh, go to this small town diner and interact and then when they walk in they're talking and then the waitress comes over and the interaction they have with this random wait- waitress who seems like an actual waitress from West Texas you know <laughs> And it's like totally not related to the plot, but it's just this nice little gem. What was that movie we watched years ago
1: where there was, uh, it was a waitress and there was this pie.
0: And there's a movie called Waitress where she makes pies. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. The Girl from Felicity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good movie. That was a good movie. Yeah. Uh, 7.7 IMDb, 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. 98 Wow! Budget twelve million, the lowest we've seen so far. Box office only thirty-one million. Hmm. Directed by David Ma- David Mackenzie, who's Scottish, uh, who's directed several movies I have not heard or seen of. Uh, written by Taylor Sheridan, who also wrote Sicario. Wow! So there's that. Stars Jeff Bridges, uh, who has the same birthday as me, and. He's been acting in probably ten movies a year, but just the you know the highlights. Seventy one, Last Picture Show. That's the first movie uh, in timeline that I know of his. Bad Company, King Kong was um, a huge movie in the seventies that I probably seen <laughs> like ten times, and he's like the lead guy in that King Kong. The wow. Then they're they're making a new King Kong. Yeah, uh, that's or like that's Skull Island or something. That's similar to that original King Kong. Uh-huh. It's not King Kong. In you know that seventy six movie with Jeff Bridges, King Kong isn't just like a like a tall kind right. of King Kong is like some kind of strange hum- like as big as an island. Yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. And so yeah, the, I remember that one.
1: That was that was fun. I don't know how
0: they're gonna make the new King Kong movie interesting. I mean, because when you make something that's that big, no, there's all these like uh, things dinosaurs coming up from below that they got to fight and stuff okay, like that. Yeah. Uh, he was in Tron the original 82 Tron one of my favorite movies of all time oh, man, yes. when I saw that movie when I was 11 years old that I just just completely blew my mind I mean, it, was, gonna, yeah. it was right up my alley I was like ground zero for coin op games yep. and just man we're gonna be watching that soon in the theater Yeah. We're seeing a double feature of Tron
1: and... and, Akira! Akira, go! Akira. And and we featured, when we were playing in our missionary band, we had some clips of Tron that we would
0: flash in front of people's eyes. Right. So we wrote songs, Brito and I, for this band, Missionary, and I would pull different movies and clips from them, and I would sync them to the music we were playing so that as we're playing on stage live the movie would be changing clips exactly to the sound. It was of glorious. Our, yeah. Um, which meant that we had to bring a projector with us, a DVD player, you had to have a remote to like switch to the next song on the DVD player. It was it's I like, had
1: all the sounds for the keyboards for both keyboards on the laptop by by remember we had like all the little tracks and stuff. And some keyboards had two sounds on it. Two sounds and also the sounds for the drums and and we had our drummer play through digital drums. Right, we had digital drums. <coughs>
0: But he played actual drum pads. And he had to play to a click track because we got we had to be right in sync with that video. Right. And for you nerds out there that are into this sort of thing, the click track was actually on the DVD. I, so That's I would make right. the video <laughs> and I would record a click track for that song that we were going to play. So he was exactly synced with the video. Yeah. And people would say like, <clears throat> how are you staying synced with the video? That's crazy. Yeah. Because like some other videos... Were actually of us playing the song, and people would be like, "Wait,
1: I were you filming yourself as you're playing, but you're wearing different clothing? Yeah, I don't understand. Because what-
0: usually when you show a video behind, you know, the band, it's just like clips that are randomly just yeah. sort of cycling, you know. Yeah. But to see it actually, like, you know, happening. Yeah. Um, and we could have pre-recorded the keyboards and the drums, of course. Yeah. No one would have known, but we didn't. No. We we purposely played. Everything Live, which was actually pretty hard. You can actually listen to the Missionary album on Spotify.
1: Spotify or Google Music or uh, also the uh, iTunes. Yeah.
0: Or the Apple Music, I mean. Jeff Bridges, Against All Odds. Starman, as we were talking about earlier. Tucker, the Fabulous Baker Boys, which he's in with his brother. It was in Seattle, I think, actually. The Fisher King, which was one of my favorite yeah. movies of all time. American Heart, The Vanishing, which is also yeah, in Seattle. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, he was the bad guy. I
1: forgot he was in that. Wow. Yeah. No, no, no. wasn't... I thought Kiefer Sutherland was the bad guy. Oh, no, Kiefer Sutherland's was a good guy. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, female, and it had a... What's her name? Uh, I don't know. Who was the she, wife? Uh, from American Psycho, the girlfriend uh, Elizabeth, or in uh, the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait. Are you uh, sure? Yeah, yeah.
0: I think I think you have a different movie. Am I? Yeah. Where she be, Where she becomes abducted, and then she like... Anyway, point oh, is... Oh,
1: okay, okay, okay. I'm thinking of the one where she beats up the yeah, abductor. That's that's different. Oh,
0: okay, but but you know who I'm talking about then. Yeah. What's um, her name?
1: Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Okay. So, who was the actress in this one?
0: I don't know. Okay. It's someone famous, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, Fearless, which I actually I remember really liking that movie. It's about these people who get in, a, in an airplane crash. Yeah. And they and like so, some people survive and Jeff Bridges like has this existential Kind of awakening right. after that, and he 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 realizes that before the plane crash, he was living in fear, and after the plane crash, he's just like I have no fear, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, but he's starting to annoy people in his life. And stuff. <laughs> anyway, uh, White Squall, the Big Lebowski, of course, yeah. uh, K Pax, which is terrible, Sea Biscuit, Iron Man. He was the bad guy in the first Iron Man movie. Crazy Heart, uh, yep. the the man the man who stare at goats. The next Tron movie, True Grit, R.I.P.D., which I never saw because I got bad reviews, Hell Highwater and Kingsman, The Golden Circle, which I think is the next Kingsman movie. Is that movie. coming out? Yeah. Okay. Uh, also stars Chris Pro- Pine, which the first movie I saw was in Star Trek. Is also in Un- Unstoppable. Rise of the Guardians, he was the voice of Jack Frost, which is an amazing movie. Have you seen Rise no, of the Guardians? No, I have not. There are certain... there. I love cartoons because... Is that the, the one with the owls? Uh, no, you're thinking of the other cartoon, which is actually great. No, Rise of the Guardians is about Jack Frost and Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy. What? And they have to fight, uh, Jude Law, who plays this, like, uh, the Sandman, I think. Or, oh my no, gosh. not the Sandman, I don't even
1: know this. I it's actually, of
0: Rise of the Guardians, amazing, amazing movie. And,. Because it's a cartoon, no one watches it. But it's actually like action-packed, interesting, really funny, weird, uh, totally original. I mean, imagine a movie with Jack Frost, uh, Sandman, yeah, uh, the Tooth Fairy, and and it all makes sense. And the visuals are amazing. When did this come out? Uh, Twenty twelve. What the hell? Uh, Chris Pine, horrible bosses, Into the Woods, Heller Highwater, Star Trek Beyond. One, and he's in the new Wonder Woman movie apparently. Uh, There's also a movie I'm not finding here that was super funny where he plays this rich guy. Uh, Oh, the the limo driver. I think it was him. Anyway, Ben Foster was also in Hell or High Water. The first movie I remember him from was X-Men. He plays Angel. He plays the guy with the wings. Wasn't Chris Pine in a Tom Clancy one? Um, I don't know. Uh, Ben Foster, 310 to Yuma, which is an amazing movie, except for, I think, the end... Heller Highwater. He was in Warcraft. Did you see Warcraft last year? No. Oh wait, I didn't even remember that came out.
1: I remember all the previews
0: and all that stuff. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, uh, it's it's like a five. I think. I think it's like it's like watchable. Um, and what did? What, was he? One of the orcs? <laughs> I forget actually. Okay. Uh, and he was <coughs> Ben Foster. Last year was in Heller Highwater, Warcraft, and Inferno with with Tom Hanks, which got terrible reviews, and I... I could tell it was a bad movie. That's the Da Vinci Code follow-up. Yeah, here. I guess. Um, and Gil Birmingham was the other cop, and he he's in the Twilight movies, and he was also a voice in Rango. All right, let's take a break, and we get back. Let's continue with our talk about the best movies. All right, all right, we're back. Uh, if you haven't told a friend about the podcast, do so. Tell a friend or a colleague. Also, hey, let's do another sticker raffle, Berto. All right. Uh, give me another. Uh, give me a letter and a second letter. E E D E D E D Ed Ed, ed. ed. Uh, Do we have an Ed? Uh, we have an Edith Edith. Okay. So Edith will get stickers in the mail. Give me another letter. All right. Let's go in a different direction. N and I N I N I I have a uh, I have three of them. Really? Uh, pick the first one because I th- or no, any of these guys. Okay, the first one. I rarely pick the first one. Nia, who I know. Uh, Nia, she's one of our $20 a, a month people. Whoa. Give me another letter. Okay. Um, let's do W. W. Is there a W in the
1: house? There with a, is. And with a an O. <coughs>
0: woman. No, whoa. There's, <laughs> there's no whoa. I can't think of a name that goes whoa. Woman. <laughs> uh, there's a W, A, E, or I. Okay, let's go with a cycle back around. A, yeah, Wah Walter Walter, yeah, Walter's another twenty-dollar person. So they, oh, so they, they just okay. So we're gonna send you some swag in the mail, you guys. Yeah, uh, thanks, thanks for being patrons. We love you so much. All right, next in line, Hidden Figures. Uh, have you seen this one? No, but I know what it is. I yeah, but you know, it's a true story. I gave it seven out of ten. It's probably. Uh, aside from Hacksaw Ridge, one of my lowest-rated ones. How much math is there? There's a a lot of math, but they don't describe it very I much, they and just I kind of hand wave it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I suppose if you really knew the you know calculus, you could really kind of see what they're writing and stuff. But it's pretty. It's not hard. It's not. It's not easy to see, and they don't yeah. play that up very much. Because yeah, that would make it wanna, boring. <laughs> yeah. Um, I liked it. It's worth watching. Again, 7 out of 10 that means, you know, I liked it. Uh I, as I said before, I love history movies. And there wasn't much cheese. Um I thought there was going to be a lot of cheese, but um whoever wrote and directed this, they, you know, they 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 managed to keep the cheese to a minimum. Okay. Um I liked how they told the story of, you know, the, the it's another ambitious movie like Fences. It's like, okay, Let's talk about three black women who worked at NASA. It wasn't called NASA at the time, but it was the early version of that. Let, let's let's make a whole movie Whoa. just about three black women who work at NASA. Wait, what what was it called? Hidden Figures. No, no, no. If it wasn't NASA, what was it called? Oh, NACA. Really? It was the uh, I can't remember the exact. Really? Yeah. It I was, didn't know that. Yeah, because um, it wasn't a space agency originally. It was like oh. it was some other kind of agency, but um, and I think at. Well, anyway, I won't tell the. I won't speculate. Um, It. it, I read that it's fairly accurate. I mean, they took some liberties, of course, but the basic story of these women is is accurate. Um, But there's some cheese, you know. Like the guy who played Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong was super annoying. He was like, whenever the Neil Armstrong actor was on stage, I was just cringing because his face. He was like. Constantly snarky and you know, annoyed. He, he was, well, no, he's con- he was constantly happy. He was always oh, he he like, "Hey, everyone, doing?" And he was like always making a joke and always kind of looking at people slyly and stuff. And oh, and uh, there's also this scene where Kevin Costner tears down um, a c- colored only sign, and because um, you know, because this is like in, I've, in the in the South when there was segregation. Yeah, this is like fifties. Uh, six no sixties. It's during oh because it's during the yeah right. during the, the. Mercury um, missions. But um, there's this really cheesy scene where Kevin, although it's satisfying when it happens because Kevin Costner actually he tears down this colored only sign. It's satisfying, but it's super unrealistic and cheesy, and it's just like you know I, I I could just see Kevin Costner saying I want a scene where I really you know strike back at segregation and I'm the hero of the movie and stuff, and it's just like. Uh, um, had some tear jerky moments, um, but really the reason why I wouldn't give this higher than seven is because it was really by the numbers. You know, it, <laughs> it's like a, yeah. but it's it's very, um, it's trying to appeal to middle America. You know what I mean? It's I really gl- sort of clean, I see. and but not so clean that it was terrible. Like okay. you could you could have gone really clean and made it like the help. which is like totally geared towards a white middle class, you know, audience. Hmm. Um, And, you know, this movie definitely retained some of its real, uh, you know, ugly. It's, you know, really showed the ugly America at the time, but not so ugly that white people won't see it. You know what I I mean? I see. I see. Um, And there was not a lot of nuance, you know, like a lot, a lot of, Things you wanted to have happen, they happened. You know, it's like, oh, I okay. hope this happens. They're like, oh, yeah, it happened. <laughs> but then there are other parts of it where, like, he's gonna get his. <laughs> well, actually, I'll, I'll comment on that. Not a lot of that. Oh, like, okay, the, the people who, so you know, uh, the guy who plays um, on The Big Bang Theory. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, the other guy astrophysicist or whatever. Is. Yeah, he he plays one of the other mathematicians. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and he is racist okay. but he represents what everyone and sexist too there's sexism and racism in and um you think oh eventually he's gonna get his but he never does and okay. he never even really i mean there's a slight nod to maybe he kind of is coming around to like respecting women and I black see. people but not really you know what i mean there's not okay. this moment where he's like i'm sorry you know <laughs> uh it, it it felt it felt Non-cheesy. It's like, you, know. you can solve my equations anytime. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 7.9 IMDb, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, budgeted for $25 million, uh, which is pretty cheap when you think about it, and made $129 million. Directed, produced, and written by Theodore Melfi, American guy. I think he's white from his picture. Hmm. <laughs> um, and he, he hasn't made much, which is pretty crazy because this is a big movie, Yeah, uh, and he hasn't made anything notable up to this point. Weird. Uh, yeah. S- uh, stars, um, people's names I can't necessarily pronounce, but Taraji Henson, I think, Octavia Spencer, uh, Janelle Monet, who is a singer. Um, okay. Uh, Kevin Costner, Kirst- Kirsten Dunst, and Jim Parsons. He's the guy from... Oh, Kirsten Dunst? Yeah. It? Yeah. She plays a racist... Um, Manager. So the, the the black women start out working as what they call computers. You know okay. they're because they this is before computers, and before there were computers, there were computers. There were people who computed. computers, yeah. He, people who computed. And Kirsten Dunce was like the manager of the computers. And there was an all black wing to the computers. Why? Did they say why? Um well I think it was like there were because uh, I know from outside of this, they don't say why, but I know from outside of this movie that, from knowledge outside of this movie, that there were a lot of jobs that needed to be done in astro, you know, stuff. I think maybe, like, if you think back
1: to the savannah and women had to count the number of gazelles that were running
0: by, then maybe that makes sense. Makes a little sense. And, <clears throat> and the computing jobs, for whatever reason, were traditionally given to a large group of women. I see. Because c- computing needed to be t- done by a lot of people. You know, you think about the calculations right. involved that a computer does. Well, if you have to give that to people, you have to give it to a large group of people. Did right? I read somewhere something about
1: like, oh, they could, they, women could keep focused on these kind of...
0: No, I think it's just, um, it has nothing to do with biology. I, I, I know you're trying to get it there. But no, had, no, I, I'm i not. I thought I had heard some of it. I think it's just tradition, you know, like for whatever reason. I, I, think, I think where it comes from is early days in science, the men would be doing the kind of lab stuff, and then yeah. what they could, what the, the tedious jobs they would give to women, you know what I mean? Or they'd yeah. give to underlings, and then a lot of the underlings happened to be.
1: It just women. seemed like, and, you know, we can certainly debate culture and all that stuff, but it just seemed like growing up. Almost to a T, like the majority of boys in my classrooms were not as good at like the things that were like, oh, did you keep your notebook up to date? Did you do all your writing? Did you do all these things? And then a majority of the of the girls were good at that stuff. Not even going to touch that one.
0: <laughs> Next movie, La La Land. Uh, seven out of ten. I gave what what we. I know you saw it because we saw it together. What what out of ten would you give La La Land? Well, okay. Um,
1: you know, I sort of have to rewatch it and just pretend it's just a movie and not a, a musical. As a musical, I gave it a six. As a movie, I'll probably give it a, I'll give it an eight, I guess. An eight? Wow. So Seven, really five, eight. It. You really liked it. Well, if I said eight for Arrival, then I'm going to go eight, five for Arrival and maybe, uh, maybe an eight for this one. What'd you like about this movie? Again, look. It, what I liked about it is, I did like the performance, especially, what's her name? Um, what's, uh, what is her what name? What is her name? <laughs> Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Uh, I liked the style of the movie. Yeah. I liked the way it was put together, kind of like transitions, the the uh, whimsical feeling of it. Uh, I, I like movies that mix in the real, real, realism with the surreality and stuff like that. I like that. Yeah. Um, And then I, I definitely liked the audio of it, except some of the songs were muffled and you couldn't hear the voice, but the, the general, like, style of the audio, of the music I liked. What I didn't like was that it was supposed to be a musical and I, and I didn't, and I didn't find that the songs were all that, that memorable. Uh, and so that kind of bugged me. And I also felt like, you know, as far as the singing and the dancing, it was okay. But it was nothing to write home about. And I know that that was sort of their point. Like, oh, these are just normal people dancing and singing. But,
0: you know. Yeah, they chose movie stars who don't really know how to sing or dance. Yeah. And and coaxed them into singing and dancing, you know. Uh, As opposed to the way old musicals were made. And maybe even some other musicals that are made today. By finding people who can do it all, who can act yeah. and sing and dance, it's like you 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 look at uh, Julie Andrews. It's like oh my god, like
1: such talent, you know? Yeah. Or, um, well, just anyone from back then. I mean, and it's not like she couldn't act; she was a great actress. It right. was just that. Oh, and and then another thing was the, um, like you know, uh, his movie Whiplash. I loved Whiplash, and I felt that that movie it wasn't a musical but it had a lot of music to it right, right. this one really presented itself as a musical yeah, like totally. everyone gets out of their cars everyone sings um, <coughs> yeah the the lead people break in the song for no reason right i sort of felt like this movie would have been better for me if he had kept it at an indie movie with great music you know
0: like that sort of like they instead of breaking in a song they like write a song together or something stuff like that yeah yeah, yeah i gave it a 7 out of 10 uh, i in some ways i liked it more than you and in some ways I liked it less than you it sounds like yeah. um, I thought it was cute it's entertaining uh, it's a little slow in the middle the The ending sequence was amazing yeah. you know like Arrival yeah. there's this ending last 15 minutes or something where my head was just spinning with like oh my god oh my god oh my okay. god you know it's not a twist it's more of just like an artistic decision that the director made or yeah. the writer made and it was uh, the director, the writer, same guy. Well, well done. Well yeah. done. Uh, Emma Stone, as you said, is amazing in it. She, Her acting is so good. And it, it's very convincing. Her character, I felt I really understood her character. Yeah. Ryan Gosling, not so much. I didn't really understand his character that much. And I know everyone loves Ryan Gosling. And he does a pretty good job in this. Um uh, and people are like he learned how to play piano just for this movie. I'm like, okay, great, but <laughs> he, I I kind of feel like Ryan Gosling, he's evolved into the sort of actor who doesn't like to act. <laughs> he, he's just really concrete in sometimes, and it's a James I just Dean. I just feel like like um, Channing Tatum, I think would have been a much better choice for this role. You know, because Channing, Channing Tatum can dance. One, <laughs> yeah, and two, he probably can sing better. But Channing Tatum acts like when when he's in a scene, Channing Tatum is like, you know, he's yeah, he's he's acting. Ryan Gosling, I get the feeling like he's he thinks of himself as a subdued actor. Uh-huh. You know, someone who maybe ever since Drive came out or something, he's just like I'm stone cold Ryan Gosling. Well, wasn't he the same in the Notebook though? Well, I never saw the Notebook, but I recently watched the, the Believer, which came out in two thousand one, and it was just it was the movie just before the Notebook for the most part. And he's like twenty years old at the time, and in The Believer, he plays this neo-Nazi, uh-huh. and he is acting up a storm in that oh, movie, okay. and he's amazing. Okay, uh, so it's like at some point he kind of lost his way and became like I really see. just like, you know, I don't know what, you so, know, it's sort of like when, um, when what's his face from the Godfather, um, Al Pacino, you know, his early work, you're just like, man, he's a really good actor. He's like subtle. He's like intense. Yeah. And then at a certain point he's like, Oh yeah. You know, he's like, he, he became every role he was in, he became this uh, bombastic. What?
1: <laughs> yeah. This
0: annoying, like at a certain point, I think actors, fall in love with a new form or something, or maybe they've been waiting all this time to become that or something. And, and I feel like Ryan Gosling is in that category. Now everyone loves him in this movie, which is great. But while I was watching it, I was just kind of like, please act more like, (laughs) like do more things with your face. You know, (laughs) uh, I, I I can see what you mean.
1: There was also the criticism, which I didn't even realize as I was watching it, but I heard, some people criticize it because it was a lot, it was about jazz and there were not enough prominent black actors in the movie.
0: Yeah. I hear that. But at the same time, it's like there were black people in the movie. There were black musicians in the movie. Yeah. And I don't know. I, yeah, for me, that, I didn't even think of that. It didn't really bother me because it, it wasn't about, it wasn't about black people, right? you know what I mean? Right. If, if like for instance, Aloha, which Emma Stone was in, she's, supposedly playing a part Asian person. Ah, Emma Stone (laughs) is playing someone like me. I'm half Japanese. Yeah. Hawaii is filled with people who look just like me. Yeah. All these different mixtures of Asia and and Europe. And then Emma Stone, because Aloha is made in in Hawaii, they need to find someone. I see. And they hire the most whitest actor. (laughs) She's so white, she's red. Do you know what I mean? Right. And it's like so those criticisms I see, but in this movie, you know, it's about two white people and one of and one guy happens to like jazz. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like No,
1: I, I hear that. You know, the thing that bothered me more was um, the songs. because the style of jazz that he was talking about was like that traditional yeah. like old school jazz. Yeah. Pop, jazz. But but the actual songs, the way they came out was a lot more pop, like modern, it jazz influenced so that was also kind of a, a missed a missed opportunity because if you wanted to go down that route. yeah. Because like, for example, in Whiplash...
0: Uh, that was full jazz. That was full jazz. Yeah. And I love that soundtrack. But, yeah. you know, anyways, that was Yeah, like kind that, of a... that song he kept trying to write, you know, that song, that, that yeah, riff he that, kept right, playing. Right, right. It right, w- It ended up coming out. I was like, oh, this is going to be an amazing jazz song. Yeah. But it was like not it was just jazz. just that
1: melody over a few times and then a little... Yeah, yeah.
0: but, you know... Whatever. Um, When I first saw it and we were driving away, you were just like, okay, Kirk, you know, try to remember one of those songs. Did any of the – sing – just sing one of the songs. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Like, none of them are really sticking out to me. Is that how I sound? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so um, when I started hearing the songs, like, you know, uh, subsequently – Some of them are starting to actually kind of grow on me. I I still couldn't necessarily sing one of them. I mean, like the one
1: that got... I think one of the Golden Globes is the City of Lights. Yes, City of Lights. City of Lights. Yeah. I'm falling asleep singing this song.
0: Yeah. I, and so, you know, there's some good numbers, you know. City of the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. It, you, you could absolutely take Umbridge with the style of singing because, you again, you have two non-singers. And she was better than he was. But there's, she's not great. She's right? not great. You know, she's, she's no, like, Broadway her. singer, you no. know. And so it's easier when, you, when you're when you not a good singer, as you and I know, you can resort to breathy singing, which which sort of... Masks, Masks the yeah. fact that you can't really belt it out. Right. And so that was kind of, of annoying. But you're right. Uh, it, so I, I also, uh, like, I watched Guys and Dolls because I'm going to do an episode on Marlon Brando pretty soon. Okay. <laughs> and when Marlon Brando sings in Guys and Dolls, <laughs> it, it's very kind of that way. I you see. Know? It's, it's like very breathy. Yeah. But it's so funny to hear his voice. Anyway. I can't even imagine it. But I also think that uh it's sort of a hipster way of singing now you know like it's i don't think it's cool anymore to sing real big and so i think like it was trying to play to that audience I as see. well you know um the premise seemed a little silly but you know the the story arc seemed a little silly it's oh, like why did they break up it's like i don't really understand this well that was, that was the other thing that that bugged me a bit was that
1: if i had just watched this movie and i never talked to anyone or saw any reactions online I feel like I would have felt more positive. It's just that as soon as I started seeing all the reactions and people were like, oh my God, my life has changed and all these things. And then I started actually asking myself like, wait, what was the plot? What was the theme? And it was such a superficial plot that I was like, well, okay, I I guess maybe I'm just not relating to the whole struggling actor in Hollywood and how... How dramatic that must be.
0: Yeah, I just – particularly his character, I really just didn't understand what motivated him, particularly when they had their big fight. Yeah. I was like, what is going through his head right now? Right. uh, Oh, to me, it was almost like, oh, they're revealing this guy's an asshole. Like, they just – like, I was sort of with him, Uh and then I was like – Oh, with this scene, I now hate him because of what he just said. And then, but you know, there's another way to look at that. Which I I I saw a
1: video of a gal reviewing the movie, and she hated it. I didn't hate it. She hated it. And one of she was actually saying like that Emma Stone's character is a horrible person, and then she had all these reasons, and she listed out, and she was kind of pointing out to that to that fight about how he had flown in. Don't spoil. Out,
0: Don't spoil. Don't spoil.
1: By oh it. yeah yeah okay. Well, anyways, he had gone out of his way in a, in a big way to kind of you know see her and stuff like that, and she um, she then drew a very hard line on what she wasn't willing to do. Yeah. Uh, which was, in comparison, actually less. Um, so, uh, you know, it was stuff like that where if you look at it from that angle, it's like, wow, she was so uncompromising. And then also... Well, they the, both were. They right. But I then mean, when they, when, you know, like you got the sense at, at one point that, again, without spoiling, that uh, their relationship might have had a future if if both had been uh, patient, you know? Yeah. I, I guess I did just spoil.
0: Yeah. Uh, 8.5 IMDb, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Budget, $30 million, which seems pretty cheap. I don't know if you want to take out that spoil because I sort of. No, spoil. I don't think you spoiled that. Okay. Box office, $269 million. So, probably the most profitable movie we've talked about so far. Directed by Damien Chazelle. Chazelle? Is that how you pronounce it? I don't it? know how you pronounce it. Uh, born in Providence, Rhode Island. His mother was, is a writer and professor of history at, at the College of of New Jersey father is a French American professor of computer science at Princeton so both of his parents are professor uh, professors Oh. Uh, in Damien in 2013 he wrote The Last Exorcism Part 2 and then uh, uh, and then he very quickly came on the scene in 2014 with Riplash which he wrote and directed 2016 he wrote 10 Cloverfield Lane which you haven't seen yet have you? I have I love oh, it's, it's amazing that he yeah. wrote 10 Cloverfield yeah. Lane that's amazing and then La La Land. So he is definitely up and coming. Uh, because th- that one I originally thought it was just like a a weird sequel
1: to Cloverfield, right. right? But it's not. It's not. It was amazing. There might be a a subter
0: like subterranean connection to it, but Yeah, it could totally be yeah. connected, but it's But it was amazing. Yeah. The the writing and directing and the acting it and, blew me away. And, yeah. and John uh, Goodman. Goodman was amazing. Jeez. Yeah. God. Stars Ryan Gosling, who started out in the Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> uh, he was in Remember the Titans, The Believer that I talked about earlier, which is a pretty rough movie, but interesting to see him act in that. The Notebook, which I have not seen. Half Nelson. That's the first movie I really remember him from, Half Nelson. I think he plays an addict uh, teacher in that movie. Huh. Uh, Lars and the Real Girl. Have you seen this movie? No, I don't think so. Ryan Gosling so. falls in love with a uh, love doll. Oh, you've I think you told me about <laughs> yeah. this. I haven't seen it. Blue Valentine, which is amazing. Uh have you seen that, Blue Valentine? No. Great movie. Very hard to watch, Michelle Williams. Crazy Stupid Love. That's I think that's the movie where he shows his abs to oh, okay. what's her face. Uh Drive, which you loved. I, like. I did not like. I liked scenes, but uh-huh. the story was completely stupid. <laughs> and like just absurd. I mean, have you have you rewatched that movie? I have not. I've only seen it once. You, you need to rewatch that okay. and like really just just watch that movie. All right. <laughs> there are some comically stupid scenes. Okay, when he I'll puts on that it. mask, it is so dumb. Oh my god! I gotta rewatch it. I guess. Um, I but you know, I mean, a lot of people mm-hmm. liked that movie. I think they liked it because at the time, it was like a really good mix of eighties paraphernalia, essentially. And uh, and style, you know, it had a great style at times. To it It does have a good style, but I mean, I watched it on 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 video at home by myself. I challenge like, you to watch it and like it. Right. Honestly, um, I it I, is slow. <laughs> it's I like slow movies. Slow's fine. It's just every there's so many things wrong with that movie. <laughs> anyway, uh, the place beyond the pines, which I've talked about before, amazing movie. The big short uh, Brian Gosling was in. Nice Guys, great movie last year. That should have been nominated. A lot of land, and he's going to be in Blade Runner. He's going to be the lead in in the new Blade Runner. Emma Stone, first movie I remember her from was Superbad. Then she was in Zombieland. I loved Superbad. I loved her in it. Yeah, she's great. Zombieland, Easy A. And Zombieland, that was good. Easy A is a great movie. Yeah. Friends with Benefits, Crazy Stupid Love, The Help, which she's pretty good in, but it's a it's not a good movie. The Amazing Spider Man, The Crudes, which is a, another great um, cartoon that you probably haven't seen. I have not. Uh, she plays the, the main girl. Birdman, Aloha, Pop Star, La La Land, and uh, she's going to play Billie Jean King in Battle of the Sexes. Really? Uh, this year. So, uh, and for those of you that are familiar with. The Battle of the Sexes in the 70s with Billie Jean King. I can't wait for this movie. Wow. I can't wait for this movie. I think it's going to be really great. Music by Justin Hurwitz. Only three movies, that, and he's made all three movies with uh, Damien Chazelle. Uh, all right, let's talk about the last couple here, but before that, we do that, let's take a break. What do you say? Yeah. Okay, we're back. The next movie here is Lion. Uh, did you see Lion? I know what it is. I. Uh... What do you know of it? Because hey, it's all
1: in the preview, I mean. I have a friend that works at Google on Google Earth uh, yeah. and was a consultant for this movie. Right. Have did, did you, have, what, did you have seen the previews for this movie? I have, I, and, I, and I know the plot and what's, stuff like that. What's the plot? So, like, little five-year-old, I think he is, uh, Indian boy, um, is uh, he accidentally gets on a train and, and fa- I think falls asleep or whatever and wakes up hundreds of miles away in a strange part of the of the country he's not even aware where he is it's actually and, any different
0: he's in Bang- he goes from india to bangladesh
1: oh okay and then so he's, he can't even speak the language he, oh, okay and so he's totally lost and so he can't get home he's just how how does a 5 year old get home right and so he gets adopted eventually after i'm sure a lot of struggles and things gets adopted uh, and then years and years later when he's much older he decides to it, try to find his in australia
0: as an adopted okay
1: so. and then he tries to find his original uh, home, and he like uses Google Earth to try to like figure out all these landmarks that he sort of remembered, and then I'm sure it's very dramatic.
0: Yeah, um, th- this was by far the worst of the movies that are in the Best Picture. Oh, really? Yeah, people love this. It got 88% Rotten Tomatoes. Um, people are texting me saying, "Oh, have you seen Lion? You got to see Lion." And I'm like, not responding because. I gave it, I gave it a five out of ten. Uh-huh. Um, I actually want to give it more. For, for, so, so the first thirty minutes. So this is a true story as well. The first thirty minutes is about that five year old boy, mm-hmm. and that is super effing intense stuff. Okay. I mean, it looks real, and it's based on a real story. And the the way I mean, they're in India, in Bangladesh. Right. You know, there's you know, it's like. Um, uh, that other movie that this guy was in, um, uh, the Millionaire, yeah, the Slumdog. Slumdog, Slumdog L- millionaire. Remember those scenes where they're yeah. running through the slums yeah. of India, and you're just like, "Oh my God, that's what it's like," you know. And so in Lion, it's the same thing. That for the first half, with the, when they're following the five year old around, because <coughs> it's not just him; it's him and his brother. Oh, is it the
1: same actor from Slumdog?
0: Yeah, who oh, plays the, the older him, him as he? Oh, played. I didn't realize that. Yeah, uh, Dev Patel, I think okay. it's. It's it's amazing. It's just this landscape of like drama and this five year old kid. He's so cute and he's so scrappy, you know. And he's and the tensions that build and he escapes from this thing and he scraps together this thing and this other person and then all of a sudden he interacts with like this middle uh, class guy. Like sees him as like tries to help him and they try to take him to the government and he he doesn't even know where he's from he you know he's just 5 mm-hmm. and he you know what's your mom's name he's like mom i i don't know right. her name. you know what right. i mean so it's just like this tragedy one after another and the so i would give the first half like a 7 yeah very watchable very compelling you know interesting the the next i don't know 2 hours Ooh. is just like i don't know how long but however long it felt <laughs> like 2 hours is it's so predictable. It's drawn out. You could tell they took like half an hour or 40 minutes of a movie and tried to stretch it, you know, because, you know, it's a real story. So yeah. what can you say about it? And, and there's some sort of side plots that seem kind of weirdly forced into the see. story. And, and it's just, um, so the, the second half of the movie, I'd give a three. Oh, wow. But, the, but then the last five minutes...
1: <laughs> the last five minutes. The last minutes. five
0: minutes are, are interesting, I'll say. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. The so last five minutes. So I never fall asleep in movies, and I fell asleep in this movie. Oh, wow. And about midway through, I was like, my eyes were just like oh, totally... F- I'm not going to be able to watch it then. Yeah. Well, watch the first half an hour. It's, it's gripping, okay. gripping film. Uh, budgeted twelve million, box office fifty-seven million. Directed by Garth Davis, Australian director. This is his first feature film. Okay. Uh, it's written by Luke Davies. Again, his first fe- feature film. It's based on uh, a book by the guy who's in the movie called Saru Briarly. Dev Patel stars in it. Slumdog Millionaire, Last Airbender, The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, which was cute, but. Extremely Annoying. And then the sequel. He was in Chappie. Did you ever see Chappie? Is The
1: Last Airbender
0: that terrible Shyamalan movie? Yeah. Oh. Did you ever see Chappie? Yeah. I liked that. No, I liked it. you didn't. I thought the ending was completely silly. You but didn't I like
1: Chappie. <laughs> I
0: did like Chappie. Oh, man. That was a, that was a mess. Uh, Rooney Mara, who's been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, the Dragon Tattoo, pretty sure she was in that. David Wenham, who's from The Lord of the Rings and 300. He you remember three hundred the movie. Yeah, who he's is like he? he's the narrator. The oh, guy, okay. the guy with the bandage. Yeah, Nicole Kidman. Let's go through her.
1: What she's in this?
0: Yeah, she. I think she gets nominated. Oh, I love Nicole Kidman, which is kind of weird because she's barely in this movie. Okay. But anyway, Dead Calm, Days of Thunder. I oh, Dead that's...
1: Calm with um, uh, what's his name? Uh, from Titanic and from Tombstone. Uh, oh uh
0: zane billy zane, zane. Bill, billy zane days of thunder that must be where she met um what's his face but by, by the way did you know billy zane was in back to the future no yeah he was one of the bad guys one right? of the bad guys yeah. in back to the future 2 oh anyway yeah billy bathgate i remember really liking that movie i want to rewatch that one far and away that was her yeah break, breakout her her outbreak role uh, malice. They tell you I, I went to see Far and Away in the theater with my
1: girlfriend at the time in high school. Yeah, and she came from an Irish family. Yeah, but she didn't speak Irish or anything. But as we were watching the movie, when the movie was over, she's like, she's like speaking with an Irish accent. She's like, "Oh my gosh, I've regained my Irish accent." I can't even do it. <laughs> and she's like, "Regain uh, my," I'm like, "What are you talking about?"
0: A uh, Batman Forever. <clears throat> To Die For, Eyes Wide Shut, oh, M- yeah. Moulin Rouge, The Others, The Hours, Cold Mountain, great movie. Stepford Wives, Australia. Have you seen Australia? No. It's pretty good. Pretty good. And Lion, and a bunch of other movies that she's been in. All right, next movie, Manchester by the Sea. Have you seen that one? No. Darn it. Pretty good one. I I, I would be happy if this one won Best Picture I gave it eight out of ten. Was it directed by Ben or? It was directed by Kenneth Lonergan. Oh, Okay. Who born in the Bronx? He has a psychiatrist mother and a and a physician father. He wrote Analyze This, which oh. is, which I rewatched it recently. Really <laughs> thought it was great. But he his first directing writing movie was You Can Count on Me, and uh-huh. I actually show that it's similar to Manchester by the Sea, and I show this that movie in or clips from it in class because. It's a brother sister who are grieving and sort of like in you know their their roles. He wrote Analyze That. He wrote Gangs of New York. Oh, he did. Yeah, and he oh. uh, wrote and directed Manchester by the Sea. Uh, I gave it eight out of ten. I really liked it. It's never cheesy. It's very subdued. Uh, the grief was very accurate in that it's not clean. <laughs> you know, essentially the entire movie is all about grief. It's about mm-hmm. these this. This uncle and nephew who are grieving, okay, and uh, they're grieving different things, and uh, it's 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 pretty good. But I could totally see how people would hate this movie because it's very slow. I see, like there's no plot, okay. there's no action. Uh, the lead guy, uh, well, really everyone in the Casey. movie, Casey Affleck, and and really others, they're not very likable. Okay, <laughs> they're not. You don't hate them, but you don't really like them. Um, so now does it take place in Manchester or is that just a name? And in- yeah, man, I think Manchester and Maine, or are- wait, wait, but it Manchester, England, no, it's in, oh. it's in the States. Oh, okay, uh, they're in New, New England. England. I see, and um, the the writer director, uh, they is the same guy, Kenneth Lonergan, right, wrote, direct this. He had such restraint with this movie because you could have made it, you know, melodramatic. Yeah. And you also could have that essentially, I mean, this is kind of a spoiler, but the main character, Casey Affleck, he doesn't, he doesn't transform. There's nothing, there's no breakdown moment. There's no, right. like he realizes something moment, right? There's no like riding off in the sunset in any way, shape. or. I mean, I was thinking about this movie and I was like, he's, basically the same at the end as he is at the beginning like there's you know that's 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 storytelling 101 is you have to have that's a hard movie to tell yeah you have to have the hero transformed you know they have to be different at the end you know in some way and and he is kind of but you could argue he's not yeah and so so I could totally and and I I think some people hate this movie and I can totally see that but I I was I loved it 96% Rotten Tomatoes Budgeted only eight million, made fifty three million. Again, Kenneth Lonergan, Matt Damon helped produce this. Uh, Casey Affleck, Michelle Williams, who's amazing in it, uh, and Lucas Hedges plays the uh, plays the boy. All right, we got to wrap this up. But Moonlight, have you seen Moonlight? You haven't seen Moonlight? Is, is it? Oh, that's the last one, Moonlight. Yeah, Moonlight's the last one. No, this one is. Uh, as I said before, in my top six movies of 2016, I gave it nine out of ten. this is the it's a uh, in Africa or something no, it's the United States about oh, but it's a black guy yeah it it it's 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 it's, it's boyhood you liked boyhood. you love boyhood. I love boyhood. moonlight is 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 like boyhood it's oh. it's about um it's it it's about this guy as a kid Uh for, you know, the first third of the movies about him is like, he's like eight or nine. And Um, then the middle third is him in high school. Okay. And then the last third is him when he's like 30 or something.
1: Were there no movies in discussion that took
0: place in Africa? No. (laughs) What the hell am I thinking then? Um, So it's, um, it's like boyhood. As I was watching, I was like, Oh, this is kind of like, the African American boyhood. Okay, um, it's very subdued. It's very real. Even though there are drug dealers involved, but it's different it, actors. It's not the same thing where they follow no. the same kid. Yeah. Um, and and in that way, they actually chose actors that don't even really look like each other, which okay. I liked because it's like you don't have to. Cho- we we can suspend our disbelief. Sure. You know? Uh, you know, there's not guns, or I don't think there's any sensational violence or sex or anything. Um, but the main thing about this movie, and I've talked about this in the podcast before, is I felt the neurons in my brain changing regarding masculinity while I was watching this movie. Oh, interesting! That the way that they walk you through masculinity, as uh, you know, and you know, in a sense, also at the African American masculine uh, tradition, I could just feel myself going along with this story and. I was personally transformed by this movie. Like Arrival, I loved, you know, top six movies of 2016, but I wasn't transformed. Moonlight, I was entertained and transformed. And transformed. And almost kind of learned something about like what it would like to be like this. And they also didn't get bogged down in politics. I mean, this movie has a ton of topics that are political, Mm. particularly right now, but it never got bogged down in that. It just kept it focused on the story. You know how like in boyhood there'd be these moments where like oh are we dipping into like a political thing here? Yeah. And they it just wouldn't. You and know, it, it would just it yeah. would just like no, I'm not going to go there, you know. Yeah. I'm not going to go down the typical right. storytelling road here and like you know I think that's one of the reasons so many people didn't like boyhood right? is because it was like, "Wait, what about that thing you were going to tell me about?" Right, which is why I could see people hating this movie too. I see. Like I could see the average person Going okay, wide. but if I like Boyhood, I might very well like this movie. I, you know, I hope you like it. Okay. It got ninety-eight percent of Moonlight, which Whoa. I think is our highest, or on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Budgeted at only five million, has made almost twenty million. Uh, directed and written by Barry Jenkins, who's an African American guy, thirty-seven years old. Uh, he's only made one other movie, and that was uh, almost uh, ten years ago. Uh, produced by a few people. Who made a bunch of who's, uh, you know pretty successful uh, directors uh, the, the produ- or pretty successful producers uh, lately they directed the OA Oh right Have you seen the OA? The first episode We, we need to do an epi- we need to do an episode on it. You need to watch that whole thing. Uh, there's I- too many things I need to watch. the OA I binge watched that in one night. I, I started watching <laughs> it at like eight and then couldn't stop watching and finished it at like three in the morning <laughs> uh, because it's, it's that kind of, it's like lost where it's just like, you have to know. And I think binge watching it in that way makes it better too, because it's such a weird story. Like, uh,
1: without obviously revealing anything, the season one end end an arc
0: or does yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. It, it's, it's a full, like, in fact, they've, I saw on the internet that they've okayed a second season of, of no. the OA, and I'm kind of worried about that. I see. I, I kind of hope they do a whole other okay. storyline because I feel like if they continue the story, it'll kind of ruin it. I see. Okay. Um, well, that's good to know. Yeah. So it's it's like seven episodes or something. It's doable, you know? Yeah. Um, but just a... It's 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 amazingly written. It's amazingly made. Um, the music is great. Like, everything's great. Anyway. Moonlight. Uh, Stars, uh, uh, again, Janelle Monáe, who was also in Hidden Figures. Uh, Naomi Harris, who was in Spectre, Collateral Beauty, Skyfall, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Miami Vice, 28 Days Later. So Collateral Beauty was horrible, right? Yes, from what I understand. I didn't, oh, okay. I didn't watch it. I thought it was going to be amazing. I thought so, too. But then I, I saw the reviews and I got like, I don't know, 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Mahershala Ali... Who I remember from House of Cards? Did you ever watch House of Cards? Oh yeah. Do you remember the? Wait, do, not the British version. No, there's a British version. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, do you remember the black guy who's like the advisor yep. for? Yeah. So Remy he, Remy Denton. Yeah, Remy. Right. Yeah. So so he's that's Mahershala okay. Ali. He's in this movie. He was also in Hidden Figures, by the way. Okay. Um, he was in The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, The Place Beyond the Pines, Berto. watch that movie. <laughs> he was in The Hunger Games and Moonlight Hidden Figures. So so we have, uh, again, to review, Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by Sea, and Moonlight. I hope that Moonlight wins. Yeah. I really hope that La La Land does not win. It won all the Golden Globes. It has the record for the most Golden Globes ever of all time. I think it's going to win, dude. Uh, you know, when... What did I say after I saw it? I go. You're right. This is going to win an Oscar because it's a. It's like right up the Oscars alley because it's about. It's, it's in about LA. them. <laughs> it's in LA. It's about making you know yeah. movies and stuff. It's about like that whole thing, and it has Ryan Gosling <laughs> and Emma Stone, and it has all the glitz and the glamour of like. You're, you're wonderful. And it's La La Land. It's like, it's, you know, and so I was like, this is going to win Oscar, but I think because it won so many golden globes, there's going to be a backlash (laughs) because no one likes to be like typical, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so
1: plus Moonlight might have like also like it might just be Moonlight might just be a better movie. I think it is. Uh, What I mean by that is they may come to the conclusion it's like, oh no, even though La La Land is so great and blah, 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 Moonlight is still better so let's give it the Oscar.
0: Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see. Um, I can also see Hidden Figures winning, honestly, but I kind of hope that one doesn't win. Uh, People are saying Lion might win and I'm like, no, please God. Uh, Manchester by the Sea, early on, Manchester by the Sea was the front runner. Yeah. But I feel like I don't know. That so,
1: Arrival is not going to win. I don't think so. Yeah. It's too
0: sci-fi.
1: I mean, it's pretty much going to be Lala La Land unless they get an upset from Moonlight or but, yeah. Hidden Finger. But Hidden I can even figures.
0: see Fences winning too. So, the the things I I think you can cross off the list are Arrival, Hacksaw Ridge, and Heller High Water, and maybe okay. even Lion too, because Lion it's not big enough. Yeah. So Rival, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Lion, definitely not going to win in, in my book.
1: So it's La La Land, of hidden, figures, hidden
0: Figures, Moonlight, or Fences. Or M- Manchester by the Sea. Or Manchester by the Sea. And so... Uh, it's
1: I'm, not going to be Manchester
0: by the Sea. Yeah. I- I'm hoping for Moonlight, but I'm going to take a guess and say La La Land, honestly.
1: Yeah. It seems like too much momentum.
0: Yeah. And, you know... It's so glossy. And everyone you talk to, it's the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. So, best director, we have uh, the director from Arrival, director from Hacksaw Ridge, director from La La Land, Manchester by the Sea, and Moonlight. Yeah. Um, I would like the director... I mean, the director of Moonlight, I think, deserves it. Um, But honestly, I think Manchester by the Sea, that director... The way that he directed this... I mean, always they always do best picture and best director they always win hand, hand in hand. Do they really? Almost always. But to me, it's like they shouldn't because I, I it's, a, to, it's yeah. a different criteria. There's, I seem to
1: remember when Spielberg's the director, it doesn't happen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because to me, it's like you can have a movie that isn't necessarily the best movie, but the directing is like, amazing because yeah. you can really see the director in the movie. And, of course, Mel Gibson isn't going to win best director... They, I don't think a rival's going to win. Um, I could see La La Land winning that, Manchester by the Sea, or Moonlight. Um, I I kind of hope Manchester by the Sea. So I hope Moonlight wins Best Picture, I hope. Manchester by the Sea wins Best Director. Yeah. Best Actor, you have Casey Affleck, Andrew Garfield for uh, Hacksaw Ridge, Ryan Gosling, Vigo Mortensen for Captain Fantastic. Have you seen this movie? No. You would probably like this. It's, it's interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm not spoiling it by saying... It's about this guy who um, takes his family as like four kids into the woods. It's modern day right, and raises them off the land in the woods right and but he's super smart <laughs> and he's but he and his political views are very well thought out and he hates society i see and and he homeschools his kids, but he's also he also has to be very strict because uh, you know there's so anyway um. And okay, then, so I'll, I'll I'll check that out. It's interesting, um, Captain Fantastic, and then Denzel Washington for fences. I guarantee you, best actor is going to go Denzel, and it should. I mean, Denzel,
1: K- he's going to get it.
0: He won the Golden Globe, I think, oh. and, the, and I think he won the SAG Award too. But good. Um, Casey, Had he Affleck, ever won an Oscar? Uh, yeah, I think he won for Glory actually. Oh, that would be day. yeah. Um, but Casey Affleck uh did a great job, Manchester by Sea, but that but the the acting um. Performance, I wouldn't say was that hard because Casey Affleck in Manchester by the Sea mm-hmm. is very subdued. He's just, he, he's just playing it. It almost seems like he's playing him. Do you know okay. what I mean? Uh, Andrew Garfield, Hacksaw Ridge, whatever. Ryan Gosling and La Land, I mean, see whatever. Vigo Mortensen and Captain Fantastic did a pretty good job because that's pretty complicated. Uh-huh. But Denzel Washington and Fences he is. He killed it. So he's going to get it. I mean, it is it. just like beyond the beyond this performance. Okay. I mean, you could almost say. Denzel's performance in Fences is the best acting performance of all time. Oh, I mean, boy. it is like inc- oh boy, we need it's, to, in, it's incredible. We need to use some sedatives. <laughs> it is incredible. Okay, best actress uh, Emma uh, from L, which I haven't seen. I mean, Emma's gonna get it, right? Uh, Ruth Nega from Loving. Have you seen Loving? No. It is. It's interesting. You know, it's it's a true story about uh, segregation and um, anti. Uh, uh, what do they call it? Miscegenation. I should know this because my parents are uh, okay. different races and got married. But anyway, it's it's a true story about Mister and Mrs. Loving, who were black and white, and they oh, got okay. married in Virginia, and were you know that all went to the Supreme Court. And but um, it is so subdued. This movie, like, there's so many moments, like in Hidden Figures, where. You really like have this like upwelling of music, and it's like, yes, we won, you know. Uh-huh. But in loving, it's just like everything is super played down. But um, but I really like that Natalie Portman and Jackie, which I haven't seen, but it, which I heard is pretty good. Emma Stone for best actress, and Meryl Streep and Florence Foster Jenkins, which I also heard is good, but I haven't seen. So you think Emma's going to win best? Yeah, actress? yeah, I think so. You know, I wouldn't mind her winning. I don't want La La Land to win anything else. But I would not mind Emma Stone winning for Best Actress because she did a great job acting in this, Damn, and it is kind yeah. of a hard gig to act in this in this movie because she had to sing and dance, yeah. and so I, you know, I could see I, I could see that Best Supporting Actor. Uh, I'm not going to go into those too much. Uh, original Screenplay. We got Heller, High Water, La La Land, The Lobster. Have you seen The Lobster? I have to watch it. No, um, it is. I didn't like it so much. I liked the, f- the beginning because the beginning is just like, what is happening here? Um, but And it's very surreal, yeah. but, but also kind of understandable. Like, it's not so wacky you don't understand. But um, uh, it's actually kind of like Black Mirror. <laughs> it's kind of like a Black Mirror yeah. episode. Um, so that got... <clears throat> for whatever reason nominated for best original When Screen I saw Play.
1: the preview I thought it was just a parody like a you know a joke.
0: Yeah. It feels that way. Um I you know I've heard people talk about this movie and say that they were just rolling on the ground with laughter the entire movie. I cannot imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> like it's funny in a way but not like that funny. Okay. Uh Manchester by the Sea and 20th Century Woman which I haven't seen. I've heard 20th Century Woman is great. Best original screenplay, you know, that's a hard one. Lobster obviously will not win. Um, I doubt 20th Century Women will, based on the reviews. Um, I could almost see even Hell or High Water winning this one. Obviously, La La Land could win. Manchester by the Sea, I could see that one winning. That one winning too. Best adapted screenplay: Arrival, Fences, Hidden Figures, Arrival, and Moonlight. You think so? They got to give it something. Uh, fences uh, could absolutely win this one. No, but that's easier to adapt. True, true. But it's a it's an amazing copy paste. Play. It's an amazing. It is a screenplay. You know, Hidden Figures. I could see. I don't know. Lion. No, I hope that one doesn't win. I feel bad because Lion. To some people, it's just like they loved that movie. Mm. Um, so I'm sure I'm not making any friends. Uh, best cartoon, Kubo and the Two Strings. You see that one? No, it's but pretty- I own it. It's pretty good. Moana, which you and I saw. I love Moana. Uh, My Life is a Zucchini, which I haven't seen. The Red Turtle, I haven't seen. Zootopia, have you seen Zootopia? I have. It's pretty good, right? It's it's good. I, I actually really like Zootopia. I've seen it three times, maybe. Yeah,
1: I think I've seen it twice. And it's good. But to me, Moana. Really? it's it, it, you, know, you know why? Um, best female heroine at least in a long time, if not ever, in a cartoon. Yeah. And also, the story wasn't like one of these frozen stories that yeah. are so silly and linear. Right. And the music was awesome. Yeah. Uh,
0: you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. And I teared up in part of it. Yeah, I I cry in every movie, yeah. so that's not really a good measure. But, <laughs> uh, Kubo and the Two Strings, I'd be curious what you thought of that because it's pretty it- interesting. It's, a, it's an artistic... Mm-hmm original and the story is kind of original too. Uh, curious what you'd think about that. Uh, best documentary, Fire at Sea I Haven't Seen, I Am Not Your Negro, which I am going to see very soon, Life Animated I've Seen, OJ Made in America, amazing, and 13th. OJ Made in America was so good. I just I just really hope that that wins. Um, uh da, da, da. There's got to be a one. Oh, what's the one with that rogue? Um, Star Wars was uh, visual effects. So we have Deepwater Horizon, which I haven't seen. Which I heard is pretty good. Doctor Strange, very good. Have you seen Doctor Strange?
1: Remember, I tried to watch it with you, and I fell asleep. Oh yeah. Then I tried to go again by myself, and I fell asleep again. It was I've been, I was sleepy. You you fell asleep in the theater twice. In the theater twice. Watching Doctor Strange, and, and the worst part is, I think the second time I fell
0: asleep for even longer. <laughs> That is crazy. Um Jungle Book. Did you know they're making a new Jungle Book movie like like with big stars in a couple years? Wait, didn't they they just they just made one that I liked. Yeah. They're making another one in a couple years with like no. Christian Bale, I think, and what? There's like huge it's going to be even no, but bigger. But they just made Are you sure it's Jungle Book? Yeah. But they just made a Jungle Book. Um I I have to look it up, but I I think that's what I read anyway. That's crazy. Kubo's Two Two Strings and Rogue One. Um Doctor Strange had amazing visual effects. It did. But you gotta go Rogue One, man. Like, Rogue One. I mean, it's so weird. Like That was an amazing movie. It's in my top six. I mean, of yeah. course, again, when I talk to people, there's various different reactions. You have yeah. your nerds like you and me that are just like, oh my God, that was amazing. But I could also see how other people would be like, eh, you know, whatever. Look, it
1: is linear and, and sort of a one shot. Like I saw, I've seen it three times. Yeah. And although it's, it is entertaining it doesn't have the the staying power story wise that you know some of the better movies in that series have but um, but it was really well done and, and visually very good and uh, the I mean, almost the, the Darth Vader attack scene at the end is yeah.
0: almost enough to just you know <laughs> it's hard for me to rate movies now because i think about it too much like when i walked out of when we walked out of the theater that cuz we yeah. saw it opening night yeah and we were all riled up and we yep. had our star, sh- star Wars shirts on and everything. I was giving it a 10 out of 10. I was thinking, I felt like it was better than episode right. seven. Right, right, right. So if I just go off that high that I felt, <laughs> I, I would say 10 out of 10, one of the best movies of all time. Right. But I rewatched it and I was like, oh, this is not one of the best movies of all yeah, time. Right, like right. I was like, yeah, it's f- fun. It's a good Star Wars movie, but but it's not all that I mean look I walked out of episode one
1: feeling that I had seen a great movie Yeah, yeah. and it took me a week right. and seeing it at least one more time if not two more times to to start coming around to being like oh wait okay maybe this wasn't a great movie
0: right <laughs> I sort of feel like there has to be some kind of like measure of that you know because, <laughs> because like there are some movies that I see in the movie theater that I'm just like oh my god that was amazing but I but I know if I saw it at home on a crappy TV I would have been like yeah that was okay right right
1: you know, so. and then there's some movies that I've that are slow burns like you watch you're like okay and then you'll you'll remember you watch it again you're like whoa this is actually really good right it's not as common but um like for example for me uh, there uh there's um, some of some of the Scorsese movies are like that for me yeah. like where I watch them and I'm like okay okay obviously epic but but then it like sticks with me and then I want to watch it again. I'm like, "Whoa, actually this is there's a lot here." Yeah. And um anyways, yeah. I wish that nocturnal animals was You uh, mentioned that. I didn't uh, see that either. I mean, here's the problem, like I really don't see anything these days, apparently. Yeah, but it's not. It's not because I don't want to.
0: I just don't have well, the time. This year, I made a special effort to see all of them. Like yeah. this is the first year I've seen all the Best Picture nominations. Uh, that like last year, I I didn't see one of them, and before that, I would I was usually like you. Yeah, but this year I'm like, I want to see all of them before the Oscars. Right. I have an Oscar party. Yeah, you, know, you come to that. Um, I want to talk about it on the podcast. Right. And so... Um, Maybe next so I, year's my my year. <laughs> so, like, I really, I made a list. I had to, like, say, okay, I better see this movie, I better see this movie, I better see this movie. And anyway. All right. Well, what's the final word, Burrow? City of lights. Well, that does it for that episode <laughs> of Psychology in Seattle. Thanks for joining <laughs> us out there. Please take care of yourself because... You deserve it.